What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 140, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin. Today, we're going to be talking about the FTC versus Microsoft, Jim, if I'm lying, I'm dying, Ryan, and so much more. But on a sad note, it is Mr. Physical Copies, final air quotes, regular Project X Talk. Ethan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing really good. It's been what now? Two, three weeks since I've been on the show. And it's been a while. One, one of the reasons why I'm leaving is just because my work schedule is absolutely wild. And it's not fair to anybody for me to consistently not show up and not be able to keep up to date on all the gaming news. So I'm taking a break. Um, I'm still going to stick around, though. I'm probably going to bug you guys when the live reacts start, right? Mm -hmm. I'm definitely mm -hmm. going to want to be there for Game Awards, the most fantastic night of the year. Yes. Um, I'm probably going to fill in here on Project X Talk whenever either you or or our new host um, will not will not be able to to come. So definitely not the last you'll see of me, but I'm doing good. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are we are going to have a jam packed episode, like I said. And speaking of jam packed, that leads me to the next announcement. Next. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good six, one. Six, I like that. That was yeah. on the fly. That was on the fly there. Right. That was awesome. The new regular co-host of Project Drum Xbox and Xbox podcast is Jam Pack Sam himself. Ooh. Everyone, he's been a guest before. I've he was the first person I thought of when I was like, I need I need someone that brings some quality to the show. Uh, to match ain't getting Ethan, that with yeah, me. <laughs> I was gonna say to match Ethan's level. All yeah. right, we're upgrading uh, here, folks. <laughs> so next week, Sam will be joining me going forward. Uh, make sure you're following him on Twitter and his own YouTube channel. If you aren't familiar TikTok. with him, go he's check him out. Yes. TikTok. Yeah, he's huge, man. He's he's a great content it's creator famous. in his own right. So looking forward to doing the show with him week in, week out. But remember, if you're new here, this is an Xbox podcast. We're live every Thursday night right here on YouTube. If you can't catch us live, we post every Friday morning on your favorite podcast service of choice. While you're over there, please drop us that five-star review, whether it's Apple, Spotify, whatever. We just need it for the algorithm. It helps us. And you'll see the official tweet for this announcement on Saturday. But if you rate us five stars on Apple or Spotify or subscribe to the YouTube, all right, there's three chances there. You are automatically entered. Well, if you send me the screenshot, you'll be automatically entered for a deluxe edition of Starfield. What? Yes, we are giving away a digital deluxe edition for Starfield that comes with the uh, early access. So if you want to play it five days early, uh, you know, there's your chance. Maybe, uh, maybe t stay tuned to our No Limit show for another giveaway. Maybe their big oh, fall no. game. You know, maybe uh -oh. you should get those reviews in for both shows just to be safe. Tweet at Save Gamia. Throw it in the Discord. You'll be entered. We love to support you guys. All right. Can I enter? Says Ghostly March. Um, <laughs> no, co-hosts co are not oh, eligible. I've already <laughs> asked this question before, Kevin, many a times. Co-hosts are not eligible and make us look like we are rigging the thing. Anyway, if you want to interact with us more, please come join the Discord. Link is in the description down below. And if you want to support us further, get early access to Save the Game Media content, head over to patreon.com slash save the game media. Choose the tiers right for you, like our current Patreon supporters. So thank you to Bucky Blue, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Nikolai at night, Cypher Primus, Brendan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, 
Mimi J, The Snack Network, David Hotright, Dave Harp, The Xbox Expansion Pass, and Alpaca Tom. Thank you all for your support. We appreciate each and every one of you. Ethan, we got a jam-packed episode, like I mentioned, but we got to start the episode like we do. One of the final time I'm going to ask you this question. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's go around the room. What have you been playing, my friend? Kevin, let's talk about Diablo 4 first, because I know let's you definitely want to talk about it. Diablo 4, I'm not a huge Diablo guy. Um, I never really, I played 3 a little bit, never really played 2 or 1. Um, mm-hmm. Diablo 4 is really, really fun. I really enjoy this game. This is the first game of its type that I've really played delved into and gotten deep into i love some of the mechanics i know i'm playing barbarian i know you're also playing barbarian let's go um tanky high damage very big hitting move sets um really really fun i love the different characters i love the different enemies that you can encounter um i love just traversing the map and discovering little mysteries this game is really really fun now again i'm not a huge fan of diablo um, so I'll kick it off to you, somebody who probably has more experience in Diablo as a whole. How does Diablo 4 compare to the other ones? Um, favorably, I, I really like Diablo 4. I don't think I like it more than Diablo 2 or 3 at this point. Um, I think that the story was really good. I'm struggling in the end game so far um, because I've beaten the campaign and I'm playing with Kyle who is by far way better at the end game so far than me he's doing like six hundred thousand damage uh, a hit with his his necromancer and i'm like i'm like yo i just i just hit 11 like all right um i kind of get murdered in these end game nightmare dungeons he's carrying me a lot just trying to get some gear and every time i play i have a fun time um i get better like i see the numbers go up do i right. feel like i am like incredibly stronger or not really so far and you know it's i'm looking up builds i'm following the things and i'm like okay eventually this has got to click together so far my barbarian isn't really like the way i want him to feel but hopefully he'll get there by the end and this is a game like i said for a long while now i'm gonna be playing this like the rest of the year it's like it's a game i'm just gonna constantly be playing constantly on the the, the ssd not going anywhere yeah i'm kind of in the same boat as you i've never felt too overpowered in this game i've always felt like i could handle different conflicts but it starts to turn into a slog after a while especially doing dungeons um i will say playing multiplayer makes this game a hundred times better playing solo is fun but playing multiplayer really is what this game's bread and butter is i think i played Mm -hmm. a little bit with garrett i went through some dungeons that i could not complete solo um and we were able to do it with ease um it was really fun really good combat really good waves in the boss battles i think it was the brood mother this spider that was spawning these like spider people that would blow up and create 30 more spiders. Like I could not do that solo. It was impossible, but Mm -hmm. having another person there was really, really fun. Um, So I definitely want to get more. I I need to join your clan. I know you and your brother have something going right now. I definitely want to join in on that. Yeah, Come join the save the game media clan. I don't see myself playing this game a lot more solo. Um, I think I've pretty much, seen all i've wanted to see playing it solo i definitely want to tackle some of the more difficult areas as a team with different people yeah listen kyle plays a ton he will gladly carry people through some stuff get you some some better level gear get you just places you're not supposed to be going yet so we uh, we can have some good times (laughs) i saved the game media clan everyone come over and join but beautiful yeah diablo 4 is still trucking along 
what else you been playing? Oh, what else have I been playing? Like a Dragon Ishin. Uh, okay. I picked that up on Xbox probably a week ago, playing it on and off. I'm enjoying it. Um, it's a it's a Yakuza game. Yakuza mm-hmm. games are really fun. Um, it, I'm not enjoying it probably as much as I do Like a Dragon. Uh, I'm not too far along in it, though, so I don't have much to say. I like the combat. I like that you can do different sort of movesets with the sword, either sword and pistol, the sword, or just pistol. Um, I think it's a little cheesed though like if you just use the pistol you can just spam shot people and it staggers them and they can't really fight you so uh i've I've stopped using the pistol i've mostly been fighting with swords um but the game is fun it's beautiful there's a lot of really cool stuff to look at some of the environments are really fun um and it really plays like a traditional yakuza game just Mm -hmm. set in this uh edo period of japan and i think that's really really cool um so uh other than that the other game that i've been playing is i need to remind myself horizon zero dawn i actually just trucked through probably five and a half hours today Ooh, um i started it up again and i stand by my statement kevin that the combat in this game is good the combat is so bad listen my favorite thing about the combat in this game is that you can scan these robots and you can find the different components on their body and you can change how the combat is going based on targeting different components of the body you can shoot off different parts of their weapons their armor this or that to create weak points um i love it i think it's great there's strategy that goes into the combat it's full of action there's a lot going on especially when you have a lot of robots around you i will say sometimes it can get a little frustrating because you get hit a lot by these giant metal monsters thank you sam see sam's a man of culture he understands um but you get staggered a lot. It can get overwhelming at times, but I really, really enjoy the combat. Combat with other humans is kind of boring. It's really easy. Like, there, there's not really much of a challenge there. It's the only I combat think I like. This game really shines, though, when you're fighting those massive bosses, those giant worm things that come out of the ground, or the big crocodiles, or, or the other crazy metal. I think I just ran into something called a death machine. It's like an ancient thing full of weapons and guns and you can shoot the different that was an awesome fight so this game's fun okay i think i did like eight trophies today i played through about five and a half hours bunch of story missions doing a lot of side stuff cleared up a lot of the map um so really really enjoying jumping back into that um and i and i talked a little bit in the discord um before and i think i'm gonna go on a little bit of a playstation kick going forward now that i'm not going to be a regular host on x talk i definitely want to dive into their library a little more i got final fantasy 16 downloaded bought that today um gonna want to finish up horizon zero dawn and forbidden west obviously need to finish up stray so lots of different games that i'm going to be jumping into my next few days off so i'm really excited for that i i don't agree with you on horizon but you know it it is what it is i i will say forbidden west i still maintain has a better story than zero dawn so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts about the share in the discord let me know which one you like better i like okay. forbidden west yeah. story more i think the combat is the same and it, everything else the mediocre but no not for me i can respect that i'm go- I, will i play the third one Yes. Will I pay for the third one? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right. So let's get into what I've been playing. Uh, quickly, I want to touch on a game that I am probably one third of the way through, and that is the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. So, uh, Ethan, you every every week that I've been playing these super massive games, you haven't been on the show. I played the quarry. You weren't. Wait, you played to- the. Yeah. After I- all this time. <laughs> I wasn't here when you actually we played here. it. 
you weren't here uh short short recap i thought it was just all right i didn't i didn't think it was anything oh. special uh then i played the devil the devil and me their best game by a mile that game is w- way better than anything else they put out now i'm playing house of ashes this is the shortest one in the series it also is the one where I think visually and acting wise, it might be the worst story wise seems to be the worst um, gameplay wise, not nearly as good as the quarry or uh, devil and me. It, it has this weird thing when the people talk, it sounds like they're in a empty silo and it's really booming. And I'm like, did this game come out in quarantine? And they just were like, yeah, Record it on your phone. Send us whatever yeah. in your in your basement. <laughs> that is how I feel about this game. Uh, it's it's same thing as the other ones. Playing with, playing with the girlfriend. She makes all the decisions, and then I do like the quick time events and just walk around and stuff. Um, she, what she loves to do is whenever there's like a couple that's fighting, she breaks them up in these games. She does she doesn't let them be together. That sounds awful. <laughs> she let them be, it, yeah, listen, in the devil and me, she may have killed one of the the, the partners Damn. in one of the couples. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But and you don't speak up at all. You just nope, take it. I just whatever. Like, she, all right, this is where we're going. There have been times where I've disagreed with the choices she makes, and then turns out I would have gotten them killed or something. <laughs> I was like, wow, what do I know? That's so. Funny. Yeah, having having a good time. Probably gonna wrap that up uh, next couple of days because it's like, like four hours long. Crash Team Rumble, gotta gotta touch on this. Playing a few more, yeah. playing a few matches before X Talk started. I like the game still. I think this game is really fun. I have issues with the matchmaking because people will leave during the loading screen, and then you just get a bot. And if you get a bot on your team, you lose. There, I have not been yeah. on a team yet where if you have one bot, you can win. You mm. will get absolutely demolished. There is no chance. The bot AI is just absolutely useless. And that is an incredibly frustrating experience because it basically I'm like, why should I stick it out? Like, I might as well quit because there's no chance we're going to win. I'm also finding that I'm not very good at anything besides dingo dial. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't really, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know what to do. Like, when I got my dingo dial, I go in, I mess people's stuff up, I steal their wumpa fruits, I stop them from scoring. When I'm crashing Cocoa, I'm like running around the map. I'm like, right, I guess I gotta go score now, but there's always people beating me up. And it's like, I don't, I don't get how people do it, but I still like it. I think it's a ton of fun. It'd be more fun with more people. Um, there was an article today that said it has less than 30 viewers on Twitch. So it's not it's not Ooh. setting the world alight. I still find games super easy, but hoping maybe it comes to a subscription service to revitalize the player base uh, soon but you kind of figured this was gonna happen yeah i I believe i told you if i get 10 hours of fun out of the game i will have 30 dollars i'll spend and i think i'm at that point i think uh kyle might be downloading it and, and playing with me for a little bit but it's still fun it's just one of those games i'm like oh i got 20 minutes to to kill i'm gonna hop in and play like a few matches because they are like five minute games right and then the big one, not on Xbox, but I got to talk about it. Final Fantasy 16. Don't believe the hype, kids. I'm here to set the record straight. Final heard, Fantasy 16 is not as good as the reviews are telling you, okay? Is it a bad game? No. Is it game of the year worthy? Absolutely not. This game has a lot of issues. All right, I, nah, Sam, don't tell me I'll take, okay? 
here are the good things about Final Fantasy 16. Story. Absolutely phenomenal. I love the story, the characters, the the world, everything in Final Fantasy 16's narrative is fantastic. The voice acting. I didn't put it on Japanese, Ethan. I'm playing with the English, okay? Good stuff. The English, the acting is really, really good. Oh, really? Yes. Amazing. Absolutely amazing voice actors. I love it. I won't change it. No, they're killing it. There's nothing to change here. Ben Starr, um, in some of the early, when you first start it, you'll notice maybe uh, some uh, Amicia and Hugo voice actors reunited. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Um, Visually, very impressive. This might be one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen, especially in cutscenes. It's it's a drop dead gorgeous game. That said, now we get into the negatives. I'm playing in performance mode. This game is is struggling in performance. I don't think it's ever held 60 FPS. Um, there are times where even with VRR, it is dropping excessively. I feel like the more I play the game, the worse it's getting. Um, and I don't know if that's uh, normal or what's going on there, but it definitely could use some patches to get that performance up. The side quests are pointless, absolutely useless, like terrible side quests. I've, I've done a handful of them. They're fetch quests. The only ones worth doing are the ones that have the plus signs on them because those will expand your like, like I just did the one where you get more potent health potions, but there are ones that give you your chocobo, for example. And that is a big thing because that lets you travel around the map faster. Like you don't have to walk everywhere because you're you're slow as dirt in this game. Even with the chocobo, I'm like, I wish I could go faster, but it is better than walking everywhere. So they give you some quality of life features doing those side quests. But man, sometimes this game just bores me to tears. I the I played an hour and a half today after I got out of work before the show. I did nothing of consequence. It was like, yo, I want to open a shop down downstairs. Can you go get me all this stuff? And then you just spend spend 20 minutes running around this way too big main hub talking to people. And then the one person's like, oh, I need this. Can you go to the field? So now I got to open my map, go to the field, go to the one area on the map, kill like one mob of enemies, and then go back and talk to them. And it's like, this isn't advancing the story at all. Like, this is this is meandering. Like, this should have been a side quest. Why is this in the main story? And there's a little bit too much of that. When the store, when the main quest is good, it's real good. But when it's not, it's like, I just want to get to the the good stuff. I just want to get to the the big awesome set pieces but my other complaint is that i think combat pretty shallow it's it's mash the x button mash, dodge uh spam your icon abilities which are like they look cool everything looks visually impressive but after doing it for the hundredth time it gets a little repetitive especially because the game follows the a set linear it's very linear it's super let's walk forward 10 steps cut scene for five minutes walk forward and fight a mob cut scene for five minutes walk for like it's oh my lord man at, at certain points i'm just like i can't do this tonight i'm falling asleep but i'm gonna beat it i like the story enough but it's definitely not the final fantasy game i wanted 
Yeah, I, I think you're, you saying that it's not the Final Fantasy game that you wanted goes along with a lot of what I've been seeing. And I think Kyle touched on it a little bit in the chat, talking about if you're looking for a JRPG and love JRPGs, avoid this game. So I wanted to ask you, how does this game hold up as an action game, I guess I should say, as opposed to a JRPG? I think I think that's what's resonating with a lot of people that weren't Final Fantasy fans. Like I know uh, Court Lalano, our friend over at Carpool Gaming, didn't like Final Fantasy, the other ones. He's mm -hmm. loving Final Fantasy 16. He he can't put it down. So I think from an action game standpoint, it's gonna if if you're more on that, like Ethan, I know you're you you like the occasional JRPG. But I think you might actually click with this game a little more than I am because it 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 falls into more of that. If you just want to kill some people and like look cool right. doing it, like you're gonna have a good time. I can't argue with that. It's I I think I tweeted this on Twitter. I was like, the game would be a lot better if I could switch to my party members. Let me use Jill. Let me use this ice magic. Let me let me do some cool stuff. But instead, I'm like, I can only be as Clive. I can only use the abilities that the game gives me. I like I, I don't really have much choice in the matter of what's going on. And so, it's, it's, speaking of choice, what what's the deal with any sort of customization of move sets or skills and abilities in combat is there a lot of different variants in that or is it pretty cut and dry like you were talking about kind of just mashing buttons is there any other way to upgrade your weapons or have different abilities uh <laughs> Your 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 weapons you will uh, occasionally buy or go to the blacksmith and craft a, a new weapon. You have three pieces of uh, three pieces, well six pieces of gear. Uh, you have your sword and then two like uh, uh, your armor and then your bracers or whatever. And you'll you'll upgrade those rare like uh, every so often. You'll go and be like, oh, you have something new, or like, oh, I can buy something new. It's it's definitely not like, oh, there's a ton of stuff to craft. Let me go like grind for materials to craft it. At least in my experience so far. I'm I'm over halfway through the game. Okay, mind you. Like I'm looking at the list, like I'm more than halfway done with this game. And then you have your accessory slots, which I will say there is one accessory and shout out to Sam who told me to get this, the Berserker ring, which I think adds a different element to combat helps us speed up a little bit. So when that becomes available, definitely grab the Berserker ring. Um, other than that, it's like, oh, you can increase the power of a certain element. You can increase the the attack speed or whatever, like little trinkets like that. For your actual moves, I will say that you get basically grids that match to the icon or the element like you start with fire and then you'll get like wind and electric and stuff and each and in those you'll have like uh, four ish moves to choose from you start with two and then you can unlock the other ones um and you have to upgrade them by with points that you'll get through combat so you have to upgrade them, and I think you upgrade them one more time. And then once you master it, you can actually uh, swap in and out into any icon. Like if I was set to the fire one, I can throw my mastered electric ability into that, even though I'm not on the electric icon right now. Um, so you can make it all. It's still it's still not super deep to me. I personally, I haven't really switched up much because i'm very much in the camp of like the fire is for doing damage the wind is for uh getting that stagger bar down because those are a lot of like quick attacks they don't do as much damage but they melt the, the stagger bar and then you switch to the other ones to kind of to do more damage wise um uh 
I don't know, man. I I just I wanted a little more. It's it's not for me. I I like it. I think it's a good game. I don't know if it's a good Final Fantasy game for people that maybe want like for if I was to pick, I would I almost I'd almost want 15s. Like go back to 15 and just put the story of this in there cuz I think this is a better story than 15, but I think the actual game design of 15 might have been better than this. And I don't know. I've been talking a while. I'm not the biggest Final Fantasy fan, mind you. All right. I prefer smaller JRPGs like the Tales series and the Trail series and all these other ones that aren't as mainstream, but it, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm going to finish it. Yeah. It just seems the opinions on this game run the gambit and it, it's there's so much fluctuation. So I'm excited to jump into it and see what I, I think of it. Like I said, I think you might like it. I think you might like because you like the more action-focused uh, gameplay. So that's that's what I got, Final Fantasy 16. And uh, listen, if everyone's enjoying it, that's great. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Everyone I talk to seems to be enjoying it, except uh, a few people who share similar thoughts to me, I know. But we'll, uh, we'll leave it there and get into this jam-packed news we got here so i'm not even going is to that going up... to be the new tagline instead of grab your book from the library it's maybe be the jam-packed maybe news. That, yeah. that's got to be the thing yeah now, right? that might be it yeah <laughs> i'll I, i'll spring that on sam next week beautiful not going to put up the scrolling thing at the bottom because the only news story this week is the fallout from the ftc versus microsoft legal battle currently going on in case you didn't know the ftc and microsoft has spent the last week battling out in court over microsoft's plan to acquire activision blizzard for 68.7 billion dollars while we won't cover everything here because some of it is like okay we knew this or nothing really to say it's not we're not lawyers okay we're gonna i picked out some tidbits that i think are incredibly interesting and give little background like oh this is how xbox and them operate behind the scenes or just some cool stuff we didn't know before i will say all this information is coming via the verge uh tom warren over there has a great running list of everything that's been from day one onward we won't be going in order but i will be going uh wrapping everything up in a nice bow so if that makes sense to everyone let's get started so they've kicked off the case by saying and this was Microsoft saying this. We've lost the console wars. We've been in third place for 20 years. Uh, it says PlayStation uses their split from selling Microsoft games on PlayStation 5 to get exclusives that hurt Xbox. The discussions about making ABK games and Minecraft games exclusive did happen. There was a strategic cost analysis done. Phil Spencer then says under oath that they won't pull Call of Duty from PS5. We also have a nice email exchange that we'll get to from Phil and Jim regarding ABK games going forward. So in an email from Phil Spencer to Jim Ryan says, Jim, thanks for your response. As I stated to you in my emails and on our calls, Sony is an important distributor of Activision content, and we would like to find a way to maintain that relationship once we've closed the Activision acquisition. I continue to stand behind the written agreement I sent you on January 31st, 2022, with my signature memorializing our commitment to Sony. The agreement would keep all existing Activision console titles on Sony, including future versions in the Call of Duty franchise or any other current Activision franchise on Sony through December 31st, 2027. That includes content and feature parity, as well as making it clear that we would not feature any timed exclusive releases of co such content on Xbox consoles. 
It's hard to align the principles set out in your email of May 26, 2022 with Sony's leading role in the market. As I said before, we believe that keeping these titles on Sony, as we did with Minecraft, is the right thing for the industry and for gamers. Jim responds in a much lengthier email going, Phil, thank you for your email. We agree that ensuring Activision Blizzard games are available on PlayStation is the right thing to do for gamers and the industry. However, Microsoft's original proposal did not fulfill this objective and left us with serious concerns that our counterproposal is designed to address. Far from being, quote, unusual, our counterproposal represents the minimum needed to respect gamers' interests and maintain competition. We believe that there are two fundamental principles that are critical to mitigating the potential negative impacts of gamers from the Activision acquisition. The first principle is that the commitment to availability of Call of Duty and other Activision games on PlayStation must be sufficiently broad to fully align with gamer expectations. To do the right thing for gamers, it is not enough to represent that a particular selection of older titles will remain on PlayStation. Rather, it is essential to agree that all PlayStation, or sorry, all Activision titles will be made available on PlayStation irrespective of their original release dates or whether they can be classified as part of a particular franchise, just as the way they have been historically. And this commitment needs to be a lengthy one, not just a few years after the acquisition. Sorry, folks, keep with me here. The second principle is that in addition to addressing the scope of content available on PlayStation, the party's agreement must address the manner in which these games will be made available. If Activision games are made available only on terms that are disadvantageous to PlayStation in comparison with other platforms, this could be tantamount to not making them available on PlayStation at all. As one example, making Activision games available on PlayStation after those games have been made available on Xbox would be contrary to the spirit of Microsoft's commitment to keep Activision games on PlayStation as well as being unsatisfactory for gamers. With these principles in mind, let me briefly address the contours of our counterproposal. The first team, the first term of our proposal is designed to advance the first principle stated above, i.e. satisfying gamer expectations by ensuring that all Activision games are available on PlayStation. Please note that the reference to price parity relates specifically to the wholesale price on which PlayStation has offered Activision tiles for resale. The second term of our proposal is designed to advance the second principle above unequal treatment of Activision games and subscription services would lead to unequal availability of the games. As long as you agree to the fundamental principle, Activision games should not receive unequal treatment on the party's subscription services. We're open to further discussing the details of how this might be accomplished. The third term of our proposal simply recognizes the reality that upon completion of the Activision of Activision. It would not seem to make logical sense for the financial, marketing, and other arrangements previously negotiated between SIE and Activision to continue to apply in the post-acquisition world. We believe this common sense step is the benefit of both Microsoft and SIE. Regarding Bethesda, I was making a more general point during our discussion that the equal treatment of Bethesda games would be a logical subject for the parties to discuss because it involves some of the same concerns as the availability and or unequal treatment of Activision games. We would welcome discussing this subject as part of the agreement that advances the two fundamental principles discussed above. We would appreciate you confirming that these terms are acceptable as a framework for the parties to negotiate an appropriate written agreement. If you can confirm this, I'll instruct my team to get started immediately on preparing an agreement that can be finalized following negotiations with your team all right we're done with that email we're Ooh. gonna we're gonna we're gonna say pause there ethan initial thoughts uh on on this xbox saying they've lost the console wars 
my PlayStation uses uh, money they make off Xbox games to hurt them. And then this email between Phil and Jim. Anywhere you want to take it, we're going to swing there. First of all, that was a lot. We yes. got a lot to break down. But I think it's cool that we get to actually see the emails between Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan. And can I just say I'm surprised? I, I thought it would be like lawyers talking to lawyers. I didn't know it would be like Phil Spencer emailing Jim Ryan directly. <laughs> just talking over email. That's so strange to me. I'm sure these emails were filtered through a hundred different lawyers and PR guys before it was sent off, but still it's, it's cool to see this sort of inner workings. The main points that I got out of both of these emails is that PlayStation does not want any Activision games on game pass, unless they have some sort of deal where it goes on game pass and PlayStation plus. Mm -hmm. And I think that is smart for Sony to try and advocate for because Microsoft has been very careful to say that we want to keep your games on PlayStation. We want to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, but they've never gone so far as to say anything about we're going to put this, these games on Game Pass, right? They haven't been mentioning that. I think we all kind of figured that that would be the strategy here is once we acquire Activision Blizzard King, Call of Duty would be on Game Pass. So that would attract more people to the Xbox platform because you could get your yearly or bi-yearly Call of Duty installment and be able to play it for free instead of paying your 70 bucks. That's the big incentive to coming over to the xbox ecosystem so it seems like sony is really trying to drive home that point is we don't want this to be on unequal terms we want the if the game is going to be free on your platform on your subscription service then we're putting it on ours as, as well if you're selling it for 70 dollars, we're going to sell it for 70 dollars, and that's how it needs to be it mm -hmm. seems like they want that inked out in writing in a contract um also they talk about the timed exclusive idea they do not want timed exclusives i think phil spencer in his email made that point is we're not going to put any timed exclusive content and I want to be clear here. This language is interesting. Let me go back to it and read it verbatim for us. Um, let's see. Where are we? This includes content and feature parity, as well as making it clear that we would not feature any timed exclusive releases of such content on Xbox. Does that is he saying content in the sense of DLCs, skin packs, that sort of thing? Or is he talking about video games as a whole? So I think there's still a lot of PR talk here that needs to be deciphered, but a lot of really interesting back and forth between them and different points that Jim Ryan is making to Phil Spencer saying, hey, if we're going to get on board with this and sign a contract with you to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, we need it to be fair and equal. Um, I think Xbox has gone above and beyond uh, to try and set this deal in motion. Um, interesting. We've been talking about this 10-year deal mm -hmm. that was offered to Sony. I was going to bring this up. And the the year that we have in the email is 2027, which would make that a five-year deal. According mm -hmm. because since the email was it's from 2022. 2022. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. I don't know if there was some miscommunication there or if this was an older um or if this was before the 10-year deal was sent to Sony. Maybe that was the the answer to this email back and forth. I don't know. I definitely want to see more details going forward, but it's interesting to see that maybe there was an older offer by Xbox that was a five-year deal to PlayStation. Yeah, I would I would love to see the list that Phil sent originally, like the email before this email would be yes, super interesting yeah. to see about because Phil apparently laid out what Activision Blizzard titles would remain on PlayStation going right. forward, right? That would be super interesting to read just to, so we can get an idea of like what where what are they thinking here with the Activision Blizzard acquisition? Is it we know Call of Duty, they have no plans, uh, according to Phil, at least till 2027. And then they brought the 10 year deal later, which Call of Duty, I think, as we'll discuss later on in this 
I don't see that going anywhere from a financial no, standpoint. Doesn't, it doesn't make, make sense. sense. But the other, other version, the other games, I know Overwatch apparently was mentioned and not Overwatch 2. That was one of the ones that was leaked. I would love to see the actual list. Like, was Crash Bandicoot on there? Was Diablo on there? Like, Tony Hawk. What <laughs> games were specifically mentioned? It seems they weren't sufficient enough for Jim Ryan to be satisfied. Uh, he wanted a more concrete, like, don't name franchises. Like, we, we're going to need, right. like, every activision game in writing going forward like you're not going to take anything uh he seemed very against the idea of like nothing is going to go exclusive if you can agree to that then we're going to like we'll sign the deal like everything will be good from what it sounds like xbox can't make that promise of course and, and that makes sense because this is a competitive buy right like mm -hmm. they didn't buy activision blizzard just to keep it as it is they wanted to make it their own they wanted to make them first party xbox studios there's gonna be some sort of exclusivity and i think playstation needs to realize that that this is business playstation isn't making moves to put gorilla games games on xbox i mean it, it's just how it works right xbox is putting forward the effort to put certain games on playstation keep them on playstation but they have to realize that they're gonna have to give up some I think one of the interesting things, uh, when Phil was under oath, he said, I won't pull Call of Duty from PlayStation 5. And people were like, note the PlayStation 5 there. Five. All right. Yeah. There's been, there's been, we're going to see a lot more of that as we go through this, this right up here. But there's been a lot of uh, cheekiness with the way people are saying things in the courtroom. Um, it's a little it's a little bit much for me personally. It's a little, little lawyer speak, I think. But I thought this email was super interesting i thought it was very polite especially considering the emails yeah, we're going to go through that like it, it, well i don't know well, we're about to read some emails so uh this this interaction didn't really surprise me all that much it seems like they're both trying to fight for what they think is best for their platform just like you would expect them to so i think jim ryan comes across pretty well in this email i know it's a big thing to dunk on on jim ryan but i don't see him doing anything wrong in this email um i think i think this was a very good showing and and him fighting yeah. for the playstation owners he's definitely advocating for the right things i think specifically saying that if you're gonna put these games on subscription services we want to as well i'm um, mm -hmm. saying that there has to be sort of that that coexistence there i think that's a good thing to advocate for on his end which is which is interesting because we know from other leaked uh documents that came out months ago that xbox was like yeah you can put it on ps plus and then they apparently quoted them a ridiculous price tag to do so <laughs> yeah so Oof it doesn't see like they're they're like oh yeah we'll we'll give you what you want and then they're like not really though you know also how ballsy is it for xbox to sell off assets it doesn't even have yet <laughs> i mean come on that's cool <laughs> uh well let's keep going well let's keep talking about jim ryan uh because jim ryan never believed the deal was about call of duty in an unsealed email ceo of sony computer entertainment said quote it is not an exclusivity play at all. They're thinking bigger than that, and they have the cash to make moves like this. I've spent a fair amount of time with both Phil and Bobby over the past day, and I'm pretty sure we'll continue to see Call of Duty on PlayStation for many years to come. He also added that PlayStation, quote, had some good stuff cooking just days prior to their announcement of the acquisition of Bungie and said, quote, I'm not complacent, and I'd rather this didn't happen but we'll be okay. We'll be more than okay. This email was to Chris Deering, who responded to the email saying, quote, Phil Spencer was on CNBC saying that the acquisition would cement Microsoft as a player in mobile games. Strikes me as more of a King play than Call of Duty. But King sold to Bobby for $5 billion and has now grown to be worth $50 billion. 
If it was an Xbox exclusivity play, Spencer could lock up Microsoft console exclusivity for the next three Call of Duties released for maybe $5 billion. The major cash out will lure most of the talent to take the money and run as fast as their contracts will allow, leaving Microsoft with a very gnarly management challenge. I bet Yves is smiling like the Cheshire cat. If this was a play to end run PS5, etc., I think it was massively overvalued and will not meaningfully succeed. I guess Microsoft can piss away that kind of valuation without being more harmed than helped, but I'm not losing a wink of sleep over the future of our baby. P.S. They would have been better off announcing a new electric car. Not quite as professional when they're talking <laughs> internally, are they? Um, of course not. We, we've heard for months playstation putting up this this front that it was about call of duty it was about taking away the exclusivity that was like their that, big argument that was their big complaint to regulators right. and then you see jim ryan never believed that was a concern at all so what's what, what are we making of this ethan i i think we talked about this when this news first broke however long ago this was forever ago Right. And, and how one of the big things that was coming with this deal was King and how much revenue that would generate for Xbox. And, and I know us as gaming enthusiasts, we don't we're not really paying attention to the mobile market. But in reality, that's what's going to make them the most money, I think, here is if is buying King. So obviously, internally, they probably didn't see this as a Call of Duty thing. Um, I think us as gaming enthusiasts, though, that's what we're mainly looking at because that's what our eyes are on. That's what's most exciting about this. That's what the contention is about. Um, and, and that's what we're most exposed to instead of the mobile market. But just a, a lot of really interesting catty words there. I, I love to see it. Never Don't open the Teams chat for uh, for the office. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it's. It's wild to me that they internally are downplaying this and almost uh, Chris Deering is, is almost mocking the acquisition, saying that like yeah. they're wasting their money. This isn't this isn't a threat in the slightest. Shout out to my cat meowing at the door. Um, but then in public, they give a much different for a much different front and are, are like we, we can't let this happen. We need to protect the gamers. We need to protect Call of Duty on PlayStation and it seems like they very much are are taking the well we're gonna try to play the regulators and it, it goes back to that quote i think that we we've heard where i don't care about call of duty i just want to block your merger right jim ryan apparently said that to to someone in the courtroom and it seems like that is the truth of the matter where he he finally told us what he actually thought he just doesn't want the merger to go through it is never about call of duty yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, they are competitors. And you want to stop your competitor from succeeding. Maybe losing Call of Duty is not a big deal for PlayStation, but gaining Call of Duty is a massive deal for Xbox and getting people onto its platform. And I think that's what threatens them, and that's why they want to block this deal. Internally, of course, they're going to exude confidence. PlayStation's not going anywhere. Even if Xbox oh, yeah. tomorrow were to say... Call of Duty going forward is exclusive, period. It's not on anything else. PlayStation's still going to be around. You still have great video game studios. You have great developers. You have great games coming out. Uh, they're not going anywhere. So I think exuding confidence like that is a good move, especially internally. You want to maintain confidence in your company and all that. Um, but obviously, losing Call of Duty would be a blow, and they'd have to re-strategize. They'd have to reorganize their whole business model because they do make a lot of revenue off of Call of Duty. 
Mm-hmm. I know, I know they're giving closing remarks right now. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll pop in and see what's being said as we go through this, but let's, it's let's just keep fights breaking out. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it rolling though. Pete Hines was up uh, to the stand. He was questioned on his apology to Bethesda fans uh, apologizing for Starfield exclusivity. He stands behind the apology saying that he, uh, he just doesn't like when his, the fans are upset. In an email, though, in February 2022, shortly after Microsoft announced the ABK acquisition, Pete Hines expressed frustration directly to Phil Spencer about the strategy for Bethesda Games, saying in an email to Phil, quote, I'm confused. Is the below not the opposite of what we were just asked, parentheses, told to do with our own titles? What's the difference? Pete then posts the Xbox blog article where it says Activision games like Call of Duty will continue on PlayStation. Pete continues, quote, did anyone at Xbox think about giving us a heads up on this? Todd's going to dice in a couple weeks. You don't think a journal might find him and press on why the below is okay for COD or ABK games, but not the Elder Scrolls 6 or Starfield or at any every future interview he does? Pete Hines, not happy man in this email he seemed very uh frustrated and i don't know whether it's frustration at the exclusivity of bethesda going forward because i will now bring in something we we learned um and that was phil spencer and them actually had a meeting in late 20 i think was it 2021 or 2022 um i linked in the discord either way they had a meeting and he said all future bethesda games will be exclusive and not just new IP, all future Bethesda games will be exclusive. So Phil kind of put his foot down. I think it was it must yeah. have been must have been 2021, the end of 2021. And then this email happened in 2022, very early beginning. So Pete Hines, I think, is is expressing frustration over perhaps the exclusivity of Bethesda, them being forced to make their games exclusive, and then the communication uh, of them not being told. That the what the plan was with Activision Blizzard because it does, it does make things look like it's not a one well-oiled machine when you right. read this email. And I don't blame him for being frustrated. I mean, it, you you're working on this game for years and years and years. You're working on multiple games for years and years and years, and you have fans that are excited about it. And then you you find yourself in a situation where you're kind of being used as a chess piece right in this battle between these two giant companies um obviously they looked they probably looked at the acquisition as a great opportunity to get an influx of cash to get some more backing for their projects to give themselves a bigger platform in order to distribute their products and then they were probably told one thing and then it slowly turned into another thing right the business people got involved and things changed obviously the creative people they didn't get much say in, in what was going on in terms of exclusivity. So I don't blame him for apologizing. And I, I think it's honorable of him to stand by his apology. He probably legitimately was a little upset. He probably was told at some point, oh, yeah, your games are still going to be on PlayStation. And it got pulled out from under him. So I, I don't blame him for being frustrated here. Yeah. Uh, Barry Murray in the chat. Thanks for hanging out. It says Jim Ryan looking for all ABK and Bethesda games off Game Pass is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The, yeah. And I would agree. It's a ridiculous ask. He obviously is obligated to ask that. Like, he's going to want the entire world. That's what I was saying before. He's going to have to make some concessions, and and he's going to have to find the best deal for his company. Yeah, I'm, I I would love to, for Pete to be discussing this email a little more, perhaps. Um, you know, try to, try to explain 
whether he was frustrated about the exclusivity of their games, which he right. might be, you know, like you were saying, he very well could have wanted Starfield to come to PlayStation because he knows that they have fans for a long time over on those platforms. But the truth of the matter is when you agree to these types of mergers and acquisitions, like you are agreeing to do the strategy that your owner now wants. Yep. So you could be frustrated, but this is a little, this email was a little aggressive for me personally. Um, and he had like, to have known that he can't get fired. Like he, he's got, oh, yes. he's got yeah. <laughs> like he's Behind, sitting pretty yeah. in his office. He's like, they're not going to fire me. I can say this. <laughs> yeah. One of, uh, one of the games we learned that will be exclusive before we knew Phil Spencer apparently said November, 2021, here it is that all Bethesda games going forward will be, uh, exclusive was machine games upcoming indiana jones game has been confirmed to be an xbox and pc exclusive reportedly was originally multi-platform but after the deal xbox went to disney and changed the contract so what how are we feeling we now know we don't know what the game is yet but indiana jones xbox exclusive i'm i'm excited i think it's a big get it's a huge ip something a lot of people love um i'm excited for it obviously we haven't seen enough about it Think we're going forward we're going to be looking for gameplay we're going to be looking for different trailers but we've seen next to nothing about indiana jones but either way big ip big get really exciting i think we kind of figured that this was going to be an exclusive game for us so uh absolutely um barry we're, we're going to keep going through it i maybe maybe we can answer this at the end after we've gone through it he, he just wants to know what we th think if it'll go through um we can we'll touch on that after we go through all the talking points oh but yeah we won't forget um microsoft this is this one's really interesting tried to buy other companies they had their entire mergers and acquisitions list revealed it was supposed to be redacted because the court i think yesterday got the Yikes. redacted version <laughs> uh much like some playstation documents didn't properly get redacted so there's uh, a ton to go through but microsoft was keeping an eye on 100 plus companies based on xbox game pass data steam stats and their existing partnerships including developers like asobo studios bloober team cd project red certain affinity Drinkbox, from software and so many more they then had a document narrowed down which revealed that phil spencer says they tried to buy zynga to enter the mobile space this ultimately ended up not happening and zynga was acquired by take two microsoft bought bethesda after hearing starfield would be exclusive to playstation so bethesda wasn't really on that list uh, ahead of time they snatched them up after hearing playstation wanted starfield exclusivity uh phil says quote when we acquired zenimax one of the impetus for us is that sony had done a deal for Deathloop and ghostwire to pay bethesda to not ship those games on xbox so the discussion about starfield when we heard that starfield was potentially also going to end up skipping xbox we can't be in a position as a third place console where we fall farther behind on our current ownership so we've had this to secure content to remain viable in the business Microsoft is also looking to acquire both Bungie and Sega, according to internal documents. In an email from Phil Spencer to CEO Sadia Nadella and CFO Amy Hood, 
Phil wrote requesting strategic approval to approach Sega Sammy regarding a potential acquisition of their Sega Gaming Studios, believing the acquisition would drive Xbox Game Pass subscriptions and help global appeal, specifically in Asia. Sega has since responded to that, saying they have a close and great relationship with Microsoft, especially the leadership team, but they're not interested right now and will continue to be independent. Other developers from this 2021 document called Developers to Watch List had A44, Bonfire Studios, Counterplay Games, Dreamhaven, Ember Labs, who we know from Kana, Ridge of Spirits, Face Punch Studios, Fat Shark, Ghost Ship Games, who did Deep Rock Galactic and have since been acquired, Hazelight Studios for It Takes Two, Heart Machine, Hello Games for No Man's Sky, Moon Studios, they did Ori, Munfish, who did Atomic Heart, Proletariat, who actually Blizzard acquired, Striking Distance, who did the Callisto Protocol, and Team Cherry, who did Hollow Knight. All right, Ethan. Xbox oh, yeah. is apparently looking at everyone. What are we yeah. thinking here? I mean, this reads to me that Xbox just had a pile of cash, and they went, all right, guys, what are we going to buy today? Like the, they, they just looked at the entire industry and said, what is the best deal for us at this time? And obviously, this reads as... The, the deals fluctuated throughout time. They were looking at different companies. They approached different companies. They said, how can this benefit us? I think the Bethesda move is a really great move. If they actually were hearing that Starfield was going to be a timed exclusive like Ghostwire Tokyo or Deathloop, I think that would have been really difficult for Xbox. If Starfield was a timed exclusive on PlayStation for a year, that would have been really, really tough to go through. I think they really flipped that on their head now saying Starfield is now an exclusive. I think that's a great move by them. Um, I kind of, in a way, would love an alternate universe where they just went after sega and bought sega instead of activision blizzard <laughs> Me <laughs> like too. Just, and none of this stuff happened no lawsuits no nothing we just bought sonic all right sonic's gonna be xbox exclusive how cool would that be but no a lot of these studios that are on this list are really cool hazelite studios would have been a huge get i still think that would be an awesome studio to be acquired by somebody to get it out of the ea family uh Hello Games, obviously I'm a huge fan of No Man's Sky. Munfish and Striking Distance are two studios that I think sort of have their foot in the door of making great video games, but Atomic Heart and Callisto Protocol, at least for me, didn't really hit their stride. Oh, I didn't I tell think... you, I love Callisto Protocol. I played that. Oh, I love you're it. awful. I love Stop. It. It's so good. <laughs> God, I hope Bree's not here. She's going to oh, get really, her. really upset. I, oh, I said man. this last week. I said this last week. I enjoyed the Callisto Protocol more than Dead Space. Okay, we're going to move on. I think <laughs> I think Xbox, though, buying those two studios would have really given them great financial backing. I think those two studios would do great in the Xbox ecosystem and make some really incredible games. God, Kevin, Dead Space. You're saying Callisto Protocols, but stop. It's a, good, it's a great It's like an oh. 8.5 at least, man. Um, oh. <laughs> so their list of 100 developers for potential mergers and acquisitions that is obviously a bit excessive, all right? That is looking at the, the industry as Just a look whole. look at everybody, yeah. Yeah, we're looking at everyone. We're seeing how they they kind of are doing in the space at this time. They do narrow it down. They had a M&A final watch list where you can see things like Thunderful, who's the publisher that did uh, um, the gunk recently. That would be such a cool guess. Supergiant <laughs> is on there. Niantic, who does Pokemon Go. Playrix, I'm not familiar with. Zynga was on the list. Bungie was on that list. IO Interactive made the final list, which we now know yeah. the Project Dragon, that fantasy dragon game they're making, is a Xbox exclusive. Yeah, which is wild. Not a studio Stokely. I thought would be playing this sort of game or making so, this sort of game. 
it's it's funny when you look at this list because I know a lot of people always speculated like what would Xbox's acquisitions be going forward? And I've always said a Sobo makes so much sense. A Sobo is one of the studios on their 100 list, but they didn't appear on any of the other lists. And in my mind, I was like, that's interesting to me that they didn't make like the they final flight sim because it seems like such a natural thing for them to do is acquire them. And then you have you have teams on that list that don't make any sense to me, like Ember Labs, who have only made a PlayStation game. You have studios like Moon Studios, which we know they made Ori for Xbox, but apparently that relationship has been strained. So this is from 2021. Perhaps this was made before the, all that went down. And then clearly they have teams that are like, okay, they're up and coming teams that we're going to keep an eye on, like Striking Distance, like Munfish. So it just goes to show you, which I think is super interesting, how deep they look at these type of things. It's 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 not just who's the biggest person we can buy, who makes the best games. It's like, what can we do that will add value to our brand? What will they right. bring to us? Like they broke down Sega in such a way. I was like, Sega makes so much sense. And I've always said, like, I would love Sega instead of Activision Blizzard. I've never been fussed if ABK He's goes so through. Fun. <laughs> it's interesting that Phil wanted sega before activision blizzard and i think if they get activision blizzard there's a zero percent chance they can buy another publisher ever no, like i just no, don't see no, it no, happening no. so then you would go to that list of 100 developers that they have and they'd start picking up smaller studios but there's some it's it's so funny to know that they're looking like from software in what world microsoft are you going to from software <laughs> could you imagine the makers of bloodborne are now xbox exclusives <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think some of these acquisitions would have upset a lot of people just because there's no history with Xbox. It would have yeah. been it would have seemed like a very much uh, too aggressive for the industry. But then there are teams like here where I think they make a lot of sense, and it's good to know that like when we speculate about this stuff, we're not super far off. Like if you yeah, we're look not at, crazy. If you look at the industry. And if you look at the industry enough, like week in, week out, like we do, you can kind of get an idea of what people they might be looking at, like what you see those relationships developing. And Sam, I'm sorry. Um, you, you, I didn't know you said I wasn't in Discord. He said, was good. Uh, part of Xbox's argument is that they want ABK in order to be more competitive. If Xbox gets ABK but remain in third place over the next few years, do you think that warrants another acquisition, medium, large publisher? Uh, no, no, I do not. I do not think they're, they should be allowed to buy any more publishers if they get Activision. No. No. I don't think they would be able to. Uh, all right. Let's keep rolling, Ethan, after this uh, sweet acquisition news. Oh, also, fun fact, Ninja Theory cost them $117 million. What a steal. What a steal. What a great studio, dude. What a steal. I'm so excited for Hellblade 2. Stop it. Oh, another one I didn't mention. Microsoft consider acquiring Square Enix in 2019 to bolster mobile portfolio. I've not been talking about this forever, that they're trying to buy Square Enix. No, PlayStation. Like rumor, rumors come up all the time. Oh, PlayStation. PlayStation's that would the one make, rumor. That would make Square sense. Enix. That would make sense. It's it's funny because Square Enix is like, you get one game a year, Xbox, if you're lucky. And Microsoft's like, well, if we just buy them. And then they bought Bethesda yeah. instead, obviously. Yeah. Uh, deal. Okay, let's go over to Slimeball Bobby Kotick. He took the stand. He said, Scumbag. quote, Activision isn't interested in Game Pass. 
I have a general aversion to the idea of multi-game subscription services. Maybe part of it's being in LA and having large, big media companies move their content to these subscription services and the business results have suffered. He confirmed he wouldn't put Call of Duty on a subscription service and currently Activision is generating no revenue from these kinds of services. Says there's no plan to put games on streaming services. I, I will throw it over to you. Ethan. Move along, Bobby Kotick. We, we already know you're a fossil of the industry and nobody wants you here. I can't wait until you're fired. You clearly have no grasp on reality of the industry and you're also a, a loser of a human being. So <laughs> I don't care what he has to say. When I was reading this, I was like, you know you're trying to get this acquisition to go through, right? You right. sitting here and being like, I don't like Game Pass isn't really the best You're trying way to, to line your it. pockets with gold right now. Listen, Call of Duty is essentially a live service game at this point right i feel like the yearly installments are just updates it's just different maps different looking characters different skins battle passes all that sort of thing call of duty is just a live service game you put a live service game on a subscription service it's going to increase that player base by a lot by threefold fourfold maybe even right and all those people are going to be buying battle passes buying skins buying weapons buying different stuff call of duty just makes sense to be on there as much as it makes sense for Fortnite to be free to play or fall guys to be free to play right it makes sense for call of duty to be free free to hey play now, i bought fall guys it wasn't free to play back in i my did day. too <laughs> i did too kevin i own it on pc back yep. in the day all right <laughs> um and it's worth it so bobby uh, this is one of the, the the quotes that i'm like i don't think he's telling the truth here um because he says, and I have I have a perfect example. He says, we wouldn't put Call of Duty on a subscription service. The day he announced that, Call of Duty Cold War was announced to be coming to PlayStation Plus. He also says, we're not generating any revenue from these kind of services. Last I checked, you get paid to put your games on PlayStation Plus. You've had yeah. Crash Bandicoot 4 on PlayStation Plus. And I know this is the essential tier. It's not the extra, so it's not that game catalog. But that is a subscription service, Bobby. I don't know what you're talking about. You have made money off yeah. of things like PS Plus. I wonder if he's specifically talking about new games like day and date stuff. Because Cold War is, what is it? the two call of duties back one call of duty back i can't I think remember. it's two i think it's two two yeah so they might just be throwing it on there to give it a sort of second life if if you can do that so i don't know if he's specifically referring to new games like modern warfare 2 but either way not putting those games on game pass or playstation plus is a huge loss i don't i don't understand it yeah it's it made no sense to me because it's like you realize hours before that you announced this but Another person also doesn't like, and I, I forgot to include this in the notes. So th yeah, Sam, I still think it's a poorly worded day and date reference. Yeah, uh, it, it very well could be. He could be talking about putting Call of Duty or their games in day and date, but he didn't say that. He sounds very dumb in court. Um, Surprise. <laughs> he's not the only one that doesn't like Game Pass, though. Uh, Jim, like I said, Jim, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Ryan said... <laughs> He's talked to a lot of publishers and they quote unanimously do unanimously do not like Game Pass because it is a value destructive. 
what are you talking about? <laughs> I've never. I've heard maybe one or two publishers complain about Game Pass. I've heard nothing but praise, especially no. from small publishers or small developers and indie developers. Jim's talked to them all. Oh, Jim's talked he's, to them all. He's, he's, he's talked to, he talks to publishers all the time. And Turn they, a boy they commits tax this. evasion. They lost a ton of money on that they, game. They don't like it. They don't like it. <laughs> it's like funny it. because immediately after that, we saw um, I think Eleven Bit said that they're they just signed a deal to put all their games into Game Pass. I know No More Robots. They're an indie publisher, but they like Game Pass very much. Uh, Annapurna's putting games in Game Pass. Devolver has games in Game Pass. Publishers kind of seem to like it's a ubisoft listen, square enix all these huge publishers are also putting their games on game pass there are uh, there are 100 percent publishers and developers that don't like game pass i will admit right. that take two i think is a perfect example of a, of a publisher that doesn't really like subscription yeah. services and why would they be when they can sell 100 200 million copies of gta right there you go like they they don't need the subscription service right but to say that all publishers unanimously don't like subscription services. You sound like an idiot. And if you're saying that, then why are you promoting your subscription service? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's so special about yours that all of a sudden publishers are like, I like this one. I, I, don't. <laughs> I don't like Game Pass, but BS Plus. <laughs> Good stuff. Nonsense. Yeah, I, I can't believe he said that, especially like when there's tears. like there's documented evidence of publishers that do like the service and developers that do like the service and jim if you're lying you're dying but rest <laughs> in peace i guess all right Pete. <laughs> i took if you're lying you're dying from kyle by the way he says it all the time and he usually says it about things when he's lying but he's lying yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody needs to talk to him you okay kyle <laughs> uh PlayStation did a bad job redacting some documents. It was revealed Oof. that the current deal for ABK games run out in 2024 not and does not include the Call of Duty release in 2024. So this year would be the final marketing deal for a Call of Duty. Also shows that Call of Duty earns them $1.5 billion worldwide. And they revealed that 1 million PlayStation players play nothing but wow. Call of Duty. 100% of their playtime is Call of Duty. I knew million. those people existed. I didn't know to the extent of those people existing. That's pretty interesting. And that that's a lot of customers that you would lose if Call of Duty became exclusive, which it's not. Um, but that's a lot of revenue. Um, just some cool internal numbers. I like to see it. Yeah. The, listen, PlayStation can break down the other redacted numbers. All right. Like The Last of Us and Horizon costs over $200 million and take four or five years to make. Yeah, we knew this. Okay. Like, I, yeah. I don't understand why everyone's freaking out about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, to the people that exclusively play Call of Duty, there are other games. <laughs> I cannot imagine spending Those people are not listening to our podcast. Yeah, that's okay. true. That's true. <laughs> I was just saying, I can't imagine spending $500 plus to just play Call of Duty. Yo, shout out to my cat at the door. Um, know, just imagine the amount of adventures that they would love to go on that they just don't experience. That's sad to me. I I, I can't even imagine. Uh, last point here, and then we'll probably go over to closing arguments uh, that are wrapping up. Sonia Nadella wants to get rid of exclusives? Question mark. Quote, if it was up to me, I would love to get rid of the entire exclusives on consoles, but that's not for me to define, especially as a low share player in the console market. The dominant player, Sony, there has 
defined market competition using exclusives. So that's the world we live in. I have no love for that world. I, I don't know if I agree with getting rid of exclusives. I, I get the argument for it because you want everybody to experience every game. And, and I am a multi-console player. I have all three major consoles, right? So I get to mm -hmm. experience this wide swath of games. But I think exclusives give consoles that identity, right? It gives you that sense of community. When you think of Xbox, you think of Gears of War, you think of Fable, you think of Halo, right? That is, that's kind of big. Uh, when you think of PlayStation, you think of God of War. You think of The Last of Us. You think of Horizon. You think of Spider-Man. That that builds that sense of community. And obviously, you think of Nintendo. You think of Mario, right? It's Zelda, Kirby, all these games. You have to have those exclusives to build that identity and to build that player base and that fan base and that sense of community. I love exclusives for that point. I understand the argument against exclusives. And he is somebody that's not really super in the game industry, Right. So maybe he doesn't quite understand that connection that we make with those consoles um, that us gaming enthusiasts really, really love. Um, so exclusives, you got to stay. I don't think it should be ridiculous where every game that comes out on Xbox is only Xbox and vice versa mm -hmm. for PlayStation. There has to be third party, but you got to have that identity. Right. It's it's funny that people get so worked up about exclusives, because if you actually look at the breakdown per year, like what Xbox said that they they first party wise want to put out four first party games a year and playstation i think have yeah. said two first party games a year going forward so that's a total of six first party games that like you wouldn't be able to play if you only had one console the vast yeah. majority of games are not exclusives mm -hmm. i think the problem and maybe this is what saudi was getting at but he didn't he didn't say it very elegantly was third party exclusives where you have PlayStation and Xbox signing deals where only third-party games will come to come to their platform. And uh, right, right. Ghost of March brings up Nintendo. Nintendo is all has the best exclusives anyway. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, who are we to disagree? <laughs> you know, we're just doing some, some podcasting. I must um, agree. With I think a lot of people that. would agree with that. Yeah. To be fair. But yeah. I don't think exclusives. Exclusives to me are what you consider when you are like, okay, which appeals to me more? I'm going to buy the box. Um, but I think other than that, like if you don't care about either first party exclusive, you're probably just going to go whichever one is cheaper or whichever one your friends have. It's, I think we're getting less exclusives these days than we had in the past. Oh, yeah. But definitely. people like to really narrow like narrowly focus on exclusive like square enix mm -hmm. is such a big talking point i'm like yes that's one company that seems to really favor playstation but again like i said when they bring games to xbox nobody's buying them i'm buying them nobody else buying them so i don't agree with saudi and Nadella. first of all i i think exclusives are important to the industry i think it helps give each brand a a, a sense of uh identity yeah, of course. And that's I would like to see that continue forward. But in terms of third-party exclusives, I'd like to see those go away for sure. Yeah. And, and like, imagine a world with no exclusives. Why would we even watch showcases? Yeah. <laughs> like, we'd watch the Xbox showcase, and it's like, great, we'll just see the same thing for the PlayStation one. Who cares? Like... <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Let's let's now an update from Xbox. This is the PlayStation showcase. What <laughs> closing arguments are happening right now, everyone? FTC went first. Um, I've been reading it over. 
does there are a few funny tidbits that I like to point out. Um, so the judge wanted to know what harm to consumers would happen if the merger went ahead and whether we'd be here if Sony had a deal with Microsoft for Call of Duty. The FTC said, if the merger goes forward and if you believe that Microsoft has the incentive to advantage its own platform, there will be content. There will be timing issues. There will be exclusivity that benefits Xbox and not PlayStation. Judge said, aren't we talking about Call of Duty? Sony just acquired another publisher and they make a lot of stuff exclusive. You've told me this has really always been about Call of Duty. How's that going to drive? Uh, if Sony had a deal with Microsoft for Call of Duty, would we be here? FTC says, I think we would still have had an investigation. Judge Corley, that's good, but here on a preliminary injunction, FTC says, we would be here because of concerns about the other markets. <laughs> Judge Corley says, outside the console market, okay, that's fair. He also asked if, Beth if there was a Bethesda game comparable to Call of Duty. The FTC responds, The Elder Scrolls. Bro, <laughs> oh, FTC, what are you doing? I don't think they know what the Elder Scrolls is if they think oh that is comparable goodness. to Call of Duty. Oh, man. Uh, we don't even need to break down why that's a silly statement. If you're listening to this podcast, you know video games. That's the, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life to compare those two. The judge Yikes. says Dr. Bailey, who testified for Microsoft, quote, actually looked at real-world data, and she wants to know what the FTC's witness, Dr. Lee, looked at. Wow, not going not going great so far here. Whoops. The FTC struggles to respond and references Jim Ryan's testimony instead of answering the question related to Dr. Lee. That's not what I asked, says the judge. <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah, and I think uh, Ariel in the chat says yeah, FTC's argument getting unraveled. Yeah, it's uh, it's not going great from just the quick scrolling <laughs> I'm I'm doing here. Uh, Third FTC lawyer tries to explain Xbox switching. What is that? What have you been going on here? Okay. They're doing closing arguments. It's not going very well. The judge seems to be making a, a mockery of the FTC and the FTC is uh, obliging. So. I said this months ago, Xbox has a case and they just need to fight for it. And here we are seeing the fruits of their labor. It's beautiful. We're stuck on a basic question. Judge Corley wants to know some basics, whether Dr. Lee's report was based on telemetry, real data of how people play Call of Duty. The FTC is now referencing confidential data and struggling to answer. Okay, so Ooh, here we go. I know Barry at the start of this wanted to know whether we think the deal will go through. Well, I, After hearing everything the last week, I think the FTC's case is very weak. Um, I think we all knew that. I do not see the judge granting the injunction to stop this. So this very well could be a case of Microsoft pushes this merger through in the next couple of weeks. They still have to go to uh, the CMA in July, but yep. they can close without CMA approval. They can just push it through and then deal with the, the markets over there. But I'm I'm very much in the yes camp. I think this is going through. Yep, I would agree. It's sounding like the United States is going to approve this deal um yeah that last hurdle with the cma is just the thing that we need to worry about but it's good to hear that they could still do the deal even without cma approval i didn't know that i'm not privy on business law i don't really yeah, they, just, <laughs> they just won't be able to sell the games in the uk or something i don't sorry know. sam that's some not you don't no, care well, anyways microsoft can't sell them i think they could like the activation games can still be there. i don't know oh, it's a whole thing i'm not a cma knows? lawyer all right i just eat pizza and talk on a podcast but sam go over there and talk to him tell him to stop let's just let's just get it done come on 
we'll uh we'll end it there everyone thanks for hanging out with us if you're new make sure to like and subscribe for more content we do multiple podcasts a week different people but project x talk every single thursday right here on youtube and audio services thanks everyone for hanging out with us ethan this is your last final this is your final final show. regular all right yeah yep. final regular show where can people find you if they want to chat with you though in the Discord. I'm not leaving. I'm still sticking around. You'll see me on different shows. I'll fill in. I'll be on live reacts. I'm not going anywhere, folks. So stand by. And you can find me at the Muffin Mon on Twitter, 107I07A. Follow us at Save Game Media. And everyone, like I said, subscribe. Get those ratings in over on Apple, Spotify, and tweet them at us or throw them in the Discord to enter for a ultimate edition of starfield digitally i will send it to you days before release so you can play early but i need to see those reviews so let me see it and then you'll be entered until next week when we have jam pack sam joining us for the very first time so excited goodbye peace